Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Car by Content. I'm one of your hosts, John with Triaxis, and I'm joined by my only other co-host, David with Contraption Collection. How are you doing, David? I'm doing good. Grant and Dalen had a ballet recital, I think. <laughs> yes, that's well, that's what they told me. So <laughs> makes sense. So it's official. It is um, everyone go at, go ask them about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you want to go first or do you want to sure. hear about my Haas stuff or, uh, we can go back and forth depending on wherever the conversation takes us. So let's see. I finals were last week with school. So I'm done with that. So that's cool. And I thought I had a longer break between the spring semester and summer semester. And there's only a week long break. So that's kind of lame, but that's, that's pretty lame. I didn't, I didn't even remember that you had a summer semester. Yeah. It's the last semester I have. And I keep thinking mentally the workload will be less, but I have you're supposed to do like an internship and it's for like electronics or whatever. But I was like, I'm doing this for my own benefit or knowledge. So could I just do the internship here at the college? Cause it's in my, it's in the town I'm living in. It's, it's only like seven minutes away. And they're like, yeah, sure. And they're like, we'll just have you work on projects and stuff. I'm like, excellent. That's exactly what I want. So we'll see how that goes, but it's supposed to be 60, only 60 total hours for the whole semester. So I can, you can get those out of the way like two days a week or whatever type thing for the whole because i think summer semester is only like a month or a month and a half or something yeah i uh when i was getting a not machining degree i took um chemistry two in a summer semester mm -hmm. and uh because the summer semester was a little bit shorter it meant the le lectures were three hours long yeah and that was awful <laughs> yeah i hope it's not like that and, yeah, and well, the tests were like closer together and stuff. So yeah, it well, wasn't they, great. They have like, there's a, there's like an intro to welding class and I mm -hmm. know how to weld enough for it not to be like helpful essentially. So I'm going to see if I can get that, uh, you know, passed in the beginning. Cause there was an intro to CNC class this last semester. And I was like, listen, I, I, I also did an intro to welding class. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I make these and then, like showed the instructor whatever just like some parts of the knife and I'm like oh cool if you can just demonstrate you can tool change on this like robo drill and jog it around then we'll pass you so i did that oh, after yeah. the first the first class because they were like it was a long class it was like a three hour long class one day a week and they did the first whole lecture and i was like yep so this is what we'll be doing hand coding things mm -hmm. and i was like no i'm not i'm not doing this yeah but, so yeah, they were they were cool about it, which is good. You know, sometimes they're like, "No, you have to do the the thing." So yeah, that's been good. And then at least today, I was telling David before we started recording that I'm dealing with this tool library issue with Fusion, where I went to edit a tool and the library crashes, and I was like, "Okay, that's kind of weird." And I'm looking later, and then it took like T11. Tool 11, which was a thread mill, and then it just copy and pasted it to like my adaptive roughing, which was like a quarter inch five flute for no just 
copy and pasted it there and, and changed it for no reason. And I'm like, what is going on? So I restarted fusion and like did the repair thing or whatever. Tried that actually before uh, reinstalling it. And then all the cloud library related assets for cam stuff disappeared. <laughs> I'm like, what the, what the hell? So I've been, yeah. messing. Yeah. Up. If the, I mean, yeah. imagine if like, like I know a guy who works in a machine shop who they'll make stuff for like Boeing and Intel or, you know, like big companies, like, and I think he got them to start using fusion. If, if that happened and like they had a job for like a million dollars, like that's horrifying. I mean, it's horrifying for you. It's horrifying. It'd be horrifying for me, but like fusion, if that's like a thing that uh, like, if you didn't just like hit the read number tools, hotkey, like that's, you know, or the delete tools hotkey. Yeah. Like that's so terrific. Yeah. And like, I, so I give fusion like as many passes as possible because of like cost and then, you know what it's done for me. Yeah. But there have been legitimate times where it changes stuff tool path wise that does cause crashes. And sometimes you, you catch them prior to, you know, posting and sometimes you don't. And this is like one of those times that I was like, why is this tool in bright red? Oh, it's a thread mill. Like, why is it on the adaptive toolpath thing? And, you know, like if you don't notice that stuff and then you try to, and you post that, well, you know, there you go. You've crashed that one tool and it's not the end of the world, but just fusion does that stuff, especially the biggest one that's been uh, a repeat for stuff is contour selections change or if you regen a contour selection and don't change anything it'll change direction or change selections oh i do think i've had that. it happen i think i've had that happen once where it like swapped directions yeah and so it's like inside instead of out <clears throat> yeah and i know like you should simulate stuff especially on a regen yeah but it's like you didn't go in there and change the direction. So why is fusion not remembering the selection from last time? So it's that's no, the, the name of the game. The software I software shouldn't be training you to be paranoid and, you know, yeah. And like and the afraid bug, of everything, the most annoying thing that has not been fixed. And it's been like five years is if you type something in or checkbox something too fast in the camera yeah. environment and hit, okay, it won't update. <laughs> Yeah. Like at, at this point, I've learned that you have to wait for like, you know, the cursor to flash one more time. But that shouldn't be a thing. That it's like I wonder actually, I wonder if that's related to like your computer speed or something. I don't know if I It does it on every computer I've tried Fusion on, and it's that's three separate like builds essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't the know. thing that annoys me is like sometimes I don't know out of habit, I'm like dimensioning something. You could maybe you can change this, but I dimension it. I like uh I don't know what I do. I, I like hit escape to get out of the dimension tool, but I guess I didn't hit enter in the dimension or something. Mm -hmm. And so it just like goes to whatever the dimension was, like just based on how big you sketched it, it doesn't actually put the dimension in. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know, that annoys me. Yeah. I, I didn't talk about this uh, last podcast, but I also I am trying to work on a video that's just about how I model things in Fusion. 
mm-hmm. so that like I can have stuff break less and uh, reuse models. Yeah. Um, and I might do a cam version too eventually. I haven't made a video like this, so I'm having a little trouble because it was like the first cut was like an hour long and I really want it to be more like 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and even that I feel like it's long because I hope people can see it and learn from it. Who are Yeah. I think people who, who who will benefit from it will stay and watch it, but you you are on the edge of like what a general audience would care to watch kind of thing. But Yeah. No, there's a lot of people who who are just like you know, like I don't think my all my subscribers are machinists. Yeah. You know, most yeah. of them aren't. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. It's like and I but they're all but probably it, like somewhat engineering minded or interested or something, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm sure they'd be at least, you know, a little interested. So, yeah, you know, you got to try different things. But like for the for anyways, for this cam thing, like it's it's fine that the, you know, the tool library breaks or whatever. But the fact that I go to restart it and then it kicks all that information out and like, where are my posts? Because it just makes me realize you should back those things up locally as well. Cause you're, I'm able to pull all the post processors that fusion deleted from like the fusion asset library thing on the web, but because they're doing like the team merging thing, or they did that like six months ago, I'm not the way my user thing is, is not really merged properly with a team. So it's kind of like scattered everywhere. So I was like, okay, I better download what is here and then like back it up on a local drive so at least I didn't lose those those post processors because at first I was like, oh, those are gone. That's painful. <laughs> I um there's a I have a lot of post edits on the one like VF2 post that I have. I I uh I should back up stuff locally, but I've also had hard drive failure. So everything is <laughs> Yeah. Everything is scary. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I need I mean, to I need to get I need to get some kind of like a raid setup. Uh, I just have like some like uh, external hard drives attached to my computer, but they're not RAID. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Even that, I don't know if, you know, I think my dad, uh, for some of the stuff he does uh, with computer stuff, uh, I think they have like the, the tape, like super backup where like. Oh, like hard tapes. Yeah. It's like actual tape required to tape which you know you think like vhs and stuff it it wears out but i guess when it's not being read and wrote a bunch of times i guess uh i guess when it's just sitting around maybe magnetic tape is a good long-term storage i also saw like a slow-mo guys video about it yeah interesting so yeah i'll get that up fixed tomorrow i'm sure or something but there's like a trade show going on that's only like 15 minutes away from me it's like east tech mm. so it's like mini imts so oh yeah yeah plan on going there tomorrow which would be fun and i'm always like this is the year i get to go to a trade show and buy something and i'm like this is not the year <laughs> i just Maybe. had a weird moment where i felt like i was listening to the podcast and i was like i gotta message this guy to take pictures when he goes to this convention Changing. So I'm going to tell you, you should take pictures. <laughs> I will. This convention. And I should probably post something on Instagram for once in my life. But, but yeah, so that should be pretty cool. I've just, you know, 
walk around be like oh i wish i could afford that kind of thing yeah so, yep but there's a bar loader from the from the lathe that i have that i still need to sell that's just sitting in the garage so maybe i'll find a reseller or something there and uh yeah what about you how's the how's the huss i bought a vice from you and uh that seems nice yep that was a uh, that was an interesting <laughs> de-packing or unassembly disassembly and packing uh, yeah experience. <laughs> i don't know the best way to ship something like that i'm glad uh they let you just put it in boxes and not like a a crate or something um, yeah and uh yeah it went together fine but uh the only thing is like there's the nut in the back yeah and uh i put it together and uh i just like loosened it to the point where like the first uh you know allen screw i could put back in would mm-hmm. go in yeah but I, I i later watched a Haas video about putting together a vice mm-hmm. and uh it said to turn it back a half turn and and then screw the four screws in yeah instead of just like you know the next one so it's not it's not like tight but i don't know if that matters that's because i when i was when i was looking at it because I was going to try to send it to you. So I rebuilt it and I put the screw in the, the base cast thing and it was still too heavy. And I was like, okay, it has to come out. Uh, I went on Kurt's website and then looked at it. And yeah, it's like you back it off half a turn or something and then line it up with the first screw or something. And it said for like bearing preload or float or something. But if it's running fine back and forth, it's probably okay. Uh, I don't yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I don't feel like it's uh it's not like I tightened that that nut um you know much at all. Like it's hard to tighten it, you know, you like put a screw in to kind of be able to tighten it. Yeah. And then and then you back up on you know, because you realize, oh, if I tighten it, then it doesn't go to the thing. So let me loosen it. Okay, now I can screw it in. I get how this works. Yeah. Kind of thing. Anyway, that's not as exciting as the VF2. I uh, I have been actually making parts now. Nice. And um, they're coming out great. Um, I, uh, it's like, um, Dalen was always kind of like, you're going to have your mind blown, those first ones. And I'm like, I, I mean, I have, you know, I don't know, Dalen. I'm working hard on the Tormach parts, and I, uh, have run Haas machines before. And like, I don't know if my mind is blown, but it is like just such a, an easier experience and consistent where it's like, I'm not having to reprobe the Pearson palette at the start of the day. Cause I'm worried that the, uh, uh, you know, limit switches hit slightly different. And now mm-hmm. the whole palette's off by several thou. Yeah. Uh, I'm not having to chase each, hole on the part that's like the same feature but different parts I, i'm not like having to make them all different stock to leaves infusion and like dial them in every single time i just find the wear and the wear just you know works um <clears throat> to to get that size i need and you know and then the next ones come out the same size and, and like i'm talking about a feature where uh i'm using half thou gauge pins and so I'm I'm shooting for two 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 five, and you know it works great. It's a it's a pretty tight fit, 
uh, that I'm looking forward to 2225 and 22230 does not go. Yeah. And uh and it's uh it's holding it and uh you know and uh and it's also like crazy how fast it is, but it doesn't even like feel fast because it just is like so smooth and like I've been able to slowly increase the like cuts, uh like the widths and even the feed rate even more mm-hmm. over time. So, you know, I'm running a quarter inch end mill three fluid at, at like two hundred twenty five inches a minute. Yeah. And uh, uh, probably could do more. And I started with like 25 thou for the cut. And now, depending on what it is, it'll be like 50 or 100 thou. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I thought it would take me more time to like get comfortable running at like higher rapid speeds. But I've run, you know, these programs a few times and, and I'm, you know, fine just putting it on rapid and uh i'm sorry i'm trying to still like you know keep an eye on it and stuff but mm-hmm. uh just everything seems like pretty smooth and consistent and and uh easy and uh and that's like what i needed and what i'm after and and it's great and and i i got like a bunch of different types of coolant options you know the like uh through spindle and uh um uh, you know regular flood and um mql and uh i wasn't sure like what would work best for holders and things and and really they all i think they all work good you know i was worried about centrifugal force uh with the mql going 15k rpm but it seems it seems okay i think it mists up a lot more so i think i'll get a mist collector uh and uh i'll just use flood until i have a mist collector i mean basically yeah I need to get, I'd love to get a mist collector. Yeah. Um, but what some, some things and, and some things that lower RPMs, I will, uh, uh, use the through tool through spindle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and so, uh, the, the only things that are a little weird is I feel like, uh, last podcast I mentioned that I used the tool probe to measure diameter. Yeah. And, um, it was measuring tools big and, I had a friend come by uh, and a little help from Dalen over the phone. And uh, yeah, I think that the hostage kind of set the probe, uh, the the tool oh, setter wrong. Yep. Like, I don't know. It's possible I could have bumped it or something, but I don't know. It seems weird. And uh, there was like a thou of run out on the spindle probe. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah. Too. So that was like annoying, but we got it all figured out. And, um, the, the tools, I don't think that the air was as big as I thought it could be. I, I think that some of the tools were a little big and part of that is probably just cause like a little bit of run out maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 the probe is, is working good. Uh, both probes are working really good now, but I think for, um, measuring diameters um it's still just not that useful because um first of all i did change it so it will just put it as wear instead of putting a 0.25 or a point like 249 tool it'll just yeah. put it as as one you know mm-hmm. um because uh it's it's better i mean it's just it's just annoying to use on size tools i'd rather 
I feel like it's just safer to have smaller numbers in there and not have to have as big of lead-ins and things. Uh, you know, I like using where. Um, You're talking about in the diameter column. You're yeah. setting it to zero or a number. So all of all of uh, my diameters are like really small numbers. Okay. Um, I know there's like also a where column. Um, I'm kind of confused about that, but but basically there's you can go to the like nine thousand macro programs or whatever for the tool setter. Yep. And if you change this one program so that instead of saying like setting four, mm-hmm. like number four, you set it to like setting number nineteen. Um. You know, it just takes whatever, you know, you have to give like a, a rough diameter. Yeah. Uh, for a tool, like I'm going to measure a quarter inch tool. Yep. It, it just uh, subtracts the difference, you know. Oh, um, interesting. And so you can just have it spit out whatever the difference is between what it's supposed to be and what it actually is. And that'll put the difference into the diameter column or the wear column? The diameter column. Oh, that's interesting. So then Fusion will actually post out, you're posting stuff out using where. where. Yeah. But I thought it uses the where column to adjust. So is it, are you sure? I'm confused. I should look that up. I, I completely like, I found this video explaining how to do it and I completely didn't even think like, oh yeah, there is a where column too. Like, that's weird. So this, I'm using this setting 19. Maybe there's like a setting 18 where it puts so, it in the where column or something. So um, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but basically like you're going to post something from fusion, right? And it's yeah. going to have like, let's just say a 2d contour and you're using where, um, control compensation. So what that's supposed to do, and I don't know what the G code is, it'll, it'll basically pull that tool number and that line of code will say, Hey, I want you to use the nominal diameter, whatever you put into fusion. And then the that wear amount and the reason he uses the wear amount is because it's going to go look for that macro variable i think or maybe it's not even tied in that way but it's supposed to use that value in the wear column so i'm wondering if the diameter is even being looked at your little like where you have a the difference oh, it's, it's being looked at because what i'm saying is uh uh you know at zero it would it would cut like I ran some test parts where I just cut different holes and things or, or mm-hmm. the outside shape of a rectangle or something. Yeah. Um, so like it, it definitely works, uh, because you know, what I'm saying is, uh, it gets it closer to the right answer by measuring and having it output as, you know, five tenths or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I usually still have to adjust it because, you know, there's, there's, a um, deflection and stuff you know and yeah, so you, so i'm you, kind of i'm kind of running things with a spring pass and then i'm still usually having to cut a little bit more and then of course different features will have you know slightly different results like a up outside of a part is gonna have a little bit different a deflection than a, a little bore yeah could you send me that video that that does that because my problem with i've always had with where is the fact that I wasn't, it was just nominal diameter at a fusion. And then you're just kind of guessing in the wear column as like, oh, it needs to be kicked out, you know, five tons or whatever. But what you're saying is essentially you can still use the diameter. You can measure the tool and it's basically, you still get the benefit of really tight lead-ins because you're able to just still use that nominal diameter plus the 
that diameter change like in the in yeah the, so i could be messing up things because like i feel like there's like three different diameter columns be you know in the offsets page because there's one that's like for probing there's one that's like um just to calculate s surface footage i think mm -hmm. um uh but but the one that outputs to uh from the tool probe is the one that's changing and then what i was going to say is i'm not even sure if i'll measure diameter the next time i have to up uh you know add new tools and stuff i'm not even sure if i'll measure diameter i might just go ahead and run it and then just you know change it and and not even you know because I, I i figure i'm probably gonna have to change it anyway maybe if i was running something other than aluminum uh and certainly if you're if your tolerances are looser uh you know then probing is fine but but because usually to get it like right you know within a thou i i have to you know all this stuff i'm talking about adjusting tenths so i don't you know it's all either way is all great but anyway the the video is called um using your Haas and i'll link you but i'm saying it for the audience using your Haas mill tool probe for wear compensation okay i'm literally by, staring at that video by champions of CNC. Yeah, okay. So I just looked it up because I'm curious now. And uh um yeah, so so I uh I don't know, maybe someone will message me like, oh don't do that. There's a horrible thing that'll happen. Uh but uh yeah, it, it's it's uh it works, but like I said, I might just tool uh probe length since I I probably will end up adjusting things a little bit anyway. But with this, um, you can you can still do that, like because it'll give you the the difference. But you could just punch in a bigger or or smaller number if you had to move it, essentially, right? Yeah, I just mean like using that. Yeah, like I could still do it, but I just mean like to make the tool probing routine through all the tools faster. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like uh, like just you know. It, like it'll mean I have to change it less when I adjust it for a new tool. But if I'm just, you know, like, Oh, it's a thou off. I'll, you know, make it so that, uh, you know, I'll subtract five or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it does, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's worked. It hasn't caused me any problems. Um, one thing that I did that did, did cause problems is I had seen a different video that was um you can make a macro so that every time you tool change if it sees that your offset is zero it changes it to 99 so you don't accidentally you know run your spindle into your part you know what i'm saying so say that again just one more time so so you know it would be bad like if your if your tool length was zero yes yep uh because at least the way we're doing it um uh you have positive numbers uh for for your uh tool length. Yep. And so if it was zero, we would try to machine your part with the nose of the spindle, mm -hmm. which would be bad, especially if you had a tool in the thing. And so I, I saw it's like, oh, for safety, you can make um it uh see like, oh, there's a zero in the uh thing like uh, it does a tool change it sees there's a zero and it just changes it to 99 which then gives your machine an error because 99 is bigger than the length of travel of the machine 
Yeah. It, make, it makes it think it's a 99-inch tool, and so it, it won't crash into anything. However, this caused a problem because when I was trying to recalibrate the machine because it was set up wrong, mm-hmm. um, it kept getting errors because it, it would uh, it would try to do a tool change uh, to do like the full probe and like spindle probe and tool probe thing. It, it needs to do a tool change. Mm-hmm. And so it would just uh, error in the middle of of the program that it was running. So e- even if even if because because you have like a set length tool and the the spindle probe, and so even if those both had numbers and it shouldn't change, it's not zero, so it shouldn't change. For some reason, the way the macro was work was written or something, um, it would it caused a problem. So I had to delete that. Yeah. So that's the full calibration setup, like the yeah. full. So I was told, and I have no idea why I remember this or why I was told this, but I was told you're supposed to do the individual calibrations and that the full one is only for machine setup. Don't ask me why, but I just do them individually now. So you go into calibration and you do the like, just the tool length or just, and you start from the top. So you do, I, th- I think the first one is the spin is the probed length, like where everyone sticks an end mill upside down. So you do that and then you do like the probe length after that. And supposedly, like I said, I don't remember I heard it. It's better to do it that way, but I'm not too sure. And then, and then, yeah, yeah so. I, um, I was trying to do them individually cause I, I just, you know, figured that the tool probe was set wrong and I didn't even assume that the spindle probe was set wrong. Um, uh, but I had that friend come over who's a you know good machinist and he runs Haas machines and uh, uh, he did the he he thought it was smart to do the full uh, thing and and I think that makes sense because I don't think I was worried that because I didn't have a uh, like precision ground uh, like exact length tool to to make the tool setter work mm-hmm. I was worried that I just was like screwed um, yeah. and. Uh, um, first of all, that didn't matter because, uh, I actually, that didn't matter for several reasons, but one of them is like, it all just needs to work relative to each other. And so doing it with the probe and the full thing, just, just made sure everything worked together. Yeah. Cause I don't think that that gauge length, if you do the whole upside down end mill, like I don't precisely know what my yeah. gauge tool is. I just, it's like a, you know, I'm within like a hundred thou, but as long as you do that and then update the probe length, you should be good. Cause like you said, it's relative to the spindle nose or whatever. Yeah. And I, 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 it makes sense. The only reason I think that would, it would matter is like you are somehow trying to use exactly the entire Z travel of the machine or something. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, uh, I tried to order a thing for setting up the tool setter. That's precision length, um, from Meritool, but it was back ordered. Um, so maybe eventually I'll get one and maybe it can make the machine even more accurate or something. I don't know. Nah, I don't, I don't think you need one. Like, yeah, maybe I should try to cancel it then. Yeah. It's like $200, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's uh, a little pricey. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, Upside down end mill is pretty precise. I gotta say, but yeah, everything's working fine. Like there's so many things I was worried about and it's all, just uh everything's been just super easy and and uh um 
just mu- much less fuss. Um, actually, one other thing that was weird is uh, on the internet page. Eventually, I want to get it so I can just send programs to the machine over the internet. Yeah. Um, which is what I do for the Tormach. Uh, it said like feature disabled. And I was like, that's weird. Uh, maybe it's because like when they, when I got the machine, they, they said it was like in a demo mode and I would need a code to like, you know, now that it's like clear that I actually purchased the machine, I'd get a code and I was like, well, maybe it's just that and I did get that code, but they already knew it wasn't that. And so, Luckily, when I like sent an email about this, the Haas guy was like right next door. So he just like came in and he was like, that's weird. Uh, And he tried to fix it, but it didn't work. And I'm like, yeah, I thought Haas machines, it's like, uh, you know, a standard feature to have Internet. Like, I don't I didn't think you had to pay extra for it or anything. And it's like it has like a big red feature disabled on the, the Internet page. And uh, he's like, yeah, like it's so built in. It's so a base feature that uh, when we like send machines to like Los Alamos labs or things, uh, we have to like physically modify the the motherboards and stuff to remove all of the uh, Internet stuff. Like, you know, the default is for it to have Internet and and there's not just like a simple way to disable it or or a you know so much stuff with Haas is modular but he's like that is not at all how Haas works with the yeah. internet so it at least for the new one so it didn't make any sense and uh he he tried to like he just tried some different things and eventually had to get on the phone with someone and I don't even know how he fixed it but I guess it's like some new update to the control or something uh you know he eventually did fix it but like I don't think my tech hadn't ever seen this and like was completely confused why this even existed, that there would be a screen saying feature disabled. Cause like even the labs he works with who have like the internet card taken out, it doesn't tell you feature disabled or anything Yeah, for the internet is, it, it was very weird, That is but weird. it's, but it's, it's working. I think that's good. Also, Dalen is in the call now. Hello, I'm Dalen from Safeway. <laughs> Safeway. Uh-huh. Yeah, how's, how's your dance class? Or yeah, how's how's ballet to... class? Uh, it was it was great. My toes hurt. Grant's toes must hurt too. Yeah, is yeah. that where we were? Is that what? Is that? Yeah, that's happening? what she told us. Yeah, that's about. Oh, it is. Oh, the, yeah. the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I I thought I know it was a surprise for your fans. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I wanted to run it by Grant first, but I guess I can make it public that Grant and I uh, moonlight as um, ballet dancers. Apparently. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So, are are you going to Blade Show, or are your knives going to Blade Show? Uh, we're both going to Blade Show, uh, as in me and my knives. Yeah. I'm just not. I thought you were selling my knives there, but someone else is selling them for me. Uh, Oh. Yes. So Paul from Shop Soet, um, he's a he's a reseller and just overall fantastic human. And uh, he took on sales of my knives for me since I've I've, I've distroed through him in the past. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I kind of decided screw it. So I also caught a plane ticket and a BNB, and I am going, and I'm in a mad dash to get any relevant inventory finished for it. Sounds fun. Oh yep. yes. When is it? Is it this week or is it next week? 
No, so it's it's the 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 second through the fourth of June. Oh, okay. Yep. The problem is I'm shipping the inventory out, and it has to ship out by like the twenty third at the latest. Makes sense. Yeah, and I'm I'm alone in the shop for the majority of this month because um my my two employees had very previously in the past told me that they needed a week off in this month and yeah yeah it happens it does yep yep well, so you're having a good time and i'm glad but show would happen it's always right exactly at the worst time that they make blade show happen yeah right um but yeah so that's what i'm doing that's why i was late today nice yeah i'm still things at are, the shop actually things are going good despite the lack of manpower Overall, yes. Um, right now, I'm trying to finish up packaging the drop that I uh, did on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like I think twenty or thirty more packages to finish up boxing. Yeah. Um, while also trying to keep some semblance of production running. Yeah. So I got so I got a question. So you've had employees now for what? Like, how? What's the timeline on your first employee to now? My first employee would have been. Mm, all year and a half year and three quarters ago yeah do you find like you relinquish control of some process and then like you know that process comes back to you because you have to do it do you find like you forget or Uh, oh yeah big time gotcha because i'm trying to i'm the one who programmed everything um they have you know jacob my machinist has his own ways of doing things yeah uh and so i i find myself even on a program that I posted out last week going, huh, how is he doing this? Yeah, I'm trying Uh to like, I'm not there, but I'm trying to forecast or to build the process for something prior to me doing that kind of stuff. But I'm like, this is, this is difficult to do. Right. Want it to work now. Yes. Yeah. I'm worried that's a real recurring problem for Uh everyone. So yeah, that's, um, so funny enough, like creating processes, documenting processes and making, Making a process that is documented and as easy as possible for someone else who's brand new to just come in and follow. That's something mm-hmm. I used to do at previous jobs. Yeah. Uh, and I very much haven't done it here, obviously. Um, and I'm a little bit disappointed in that, but it's something I'm working towards um, heavily at this point. Hmm. That's yeah. kind of what the e-myth is all about, about making your entire business in a binder as if... Yes. As if you're making your business a franchise. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's what I want to do, and that's what I'm going to start moving towards. Um, in some, I guess, some exciting news. Uh, I've hired an engineer. Oh, interesting! An engineer. Yeah. So it's a really interesting set of circumstances. Uh, he's a he's a really good customer turned friend, uh, and he's a fantastic engineer. Um, he has hit a transition point in his life where he'll, you know, he he'll be moving. At some point, I don't want to get too far into it, um, but he wanted he was looking for, you know, temporary employment to pay some bills before he moves in like six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And I happened to fit that bill greatly. Hmm. Um, so he's he's coming in as a shop hand and also with his engineering skill set, because he's a he's a full blown master's degree mechanical engineer. Damn. Interesting. Yeah, so I'll be he'll be helping out with general shop hand stuff, but also I'll be utilizing his engineering skill set as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So process documentation, creating processes, fun, weird engineering things that I don't have time to do. 
slash yeah. don't know how to do. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that if that if that pays back kind of thing. Be interesting. Uh, at the so at the very least, um, just the general shop hand side of his responsibilities will be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, our machinist right now is so overwhelmed that he he just can't get everything done. Mm-hmm. Or in order to get everything done, he he can't like check parts as well as as we need them to be checked. Mm-hmm. So we've been finding ourselves doubling back and fixing small issues that I'm yeah. not going to fault him for at all. It's just he has three mills, two grinders, and heat treat to attend to. Yeah, he's he's got work to do essentially. He's got yeah, he's got too much. Um, so having engineer slash shop hand to help relieve him of of some of his machining duties will be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Neat. That's yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, I think that's Can you show my scissors and then only tell me what he says if it doesn't hurt my feelings? <laughs> oh, yeah. I should. Have I shown these to him already? He's been around the shop a bunch in the last couple months, but I, I don't know if I've actually shown him the scissors. I would love to get his input on that. Like, okay who designed this? Someone who dropped out of mechanical engineering <laughs> school? I mean, hey, I, I never even started. I, so I highly doubt he would say that. No, I'm just I'm just kidding around. I'm yeah, yep. I uh, I don't remember what my how thick my skin is. Like thirty thou is um, that thick? <laughs> I was like sixty. Yeah, that's thick skin. I got yeah. thick skin. Yeah. yeah, yep. So. Catch me up real quick on what I missed in the first half. Anything fun or important? I'm Fusion just dealing with software. Fusion terrible. Deleting my post processors into libraries. So that's... Oh, it's deleting your post processors? Kind of. I was, there's like a tool library that disappeared on me. Like I would go oh, to edit good. a tool and then it was like crashing and then it just changing tool numbers on me. Awesome. But, yeah. But that's good. Yeah, I've been having some interesting fusion issues recently. I now have two files that are bricked. Oh, so that almost happened to me, too, where like uh-huh. the tool, the name of the file changed to like the backup name without oh. me doing anything when I say interesting. OK, and then I tried to load it from the actual because you'll do. I've had it to where like there's the backups and Fusion will crash and you open yep. it and the backup isn't there, like where you expect where you can do like the I had that. Mm-hmm. And and you have to go into the there's like a you go to the actual app data. At, this is just for Windows at least. Uh-huh. And I've you done can this, yeah. yeah, you can pull the file, the the file itself, you have to rename it to like F three D. Yep. And do it that way. And I don't know why it has to be done this way so often, but um for some reason when I did that it got rid of the history on one of the things and then was just like, yeah, good luck opening this. So that was interesting. A, yeah, I got that's an odd on one. That. So yeah, the, the way my two files have bricked is, um, I don't honestly know. Uh, it's something to do with, with, uh, Im, you know, importing other files into one file. So kind of creating an assembly per se. Yeah. And then updating, Working on, you know, like my blade models on the palette fixture. The blade is one model. The fixture is another model. Then I put the blade, thic- uh, I put the blade model into the fixture model, so it's referencing it. Yep. And then I will make tweaks to the blade, yada yada. And um, I hit a point on two files now, where when I try to update to latest version of the blade model, mm-hmm. it 
it completely gets rid of one of the blades and shifts everything to the moon just randomly. Right. Yep. And then it's also so bricked that I can't even create new sketches because it has some circular dependency somewhere that I can't find. Oh yeah, I had I had that today where I opened an old folder or old uh-huh. file. Good good luck opening anything older than six months in Fusion. It feels like, <laughs> and I couldn't. I needed a sketch off of it because it was the only place that sketch existed, and you couldn't uh-huh. edit it. And the yeah, only way to get to it was to turn design history off, and then I could uh, get design to design history. Maybe I should try that. But yeah, I yep. But like, why do why do we have to do that? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's 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 wild. Fusion gives too much control in my opinion, and I do miss the more rigid structure of SolidWorks. Yeah, I like I it's definitely I can imagine how extremely difficult it is to have cloud software and throw updates and like it's right. not possible to not break things. But sometimes, oh, no, yeah. yeah, that's kind of true with all software. But yeah. the I don't know the I, I really have liked the cloud side of it, but and I'm lucky that I feel like my my errors have been mostly internal where I I potentially really mess up a file, but I don't lose things permanently. Yeah. Um, when, and I, when it and works, I, I don't accidentally crash end mills. Yeah. I mean, Fusion works, you know, 99% of the time and it worked yep. really good and it's yep. seamless. But the couple times it doesn't like anything, it's just uh-huh. like, you know, why couldn't it be different? But this is right. just. It's just the name of the game, I guess, with with cloud software. Yeah, so. it is. I mean, SolidWorks crashes. SolidWorks has its own. Pro- Every piece of software has problems, and it's like it just is what it is. Yeah, I'm not just trying to defend Fusion. It, it I, right. I, the, I, I just think because this is like the same shit with like, uh, pardon my French, with uh, Adobe Premiere, where uh-huh. uh, just this, just they. Uh, well, I was going to say that like it's focused on adding features uh, over improving stability and fixing bugs, but actually, I don't even know what features freaking Adobe adds to things, <laughs> like yeah. especially Premiere. But more like remove features on purpose. Yeah. yeah, they make you pay for it later. Yeah, you see that thing they were talking about. I don't know if it was Adobe themselves, but suing people who are using Adobe like Photoshop three or whatever from like the early two thousands, mm, and I'm yeah. like. They can do that. <laughs> what? That's yeah. that's odd. I mean, it's still their IP, I guess. But like, don't they have more important things to do than pick on people who can't afford to purchase their software? I don't oh, know if it no. happens. Adobe wants your money, so they 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 have plenty of time to. Apparently, to those, those I don't know if uh, I don't know if it happened, but SolidWorks several years ago was going to do something like that, where like if they found th- like. They they gave people the choice where you you could pay the subscription and keep getting updates, uh, or you could just stick with what you paid the like five thousand dollars for the two thousand sixteen version or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they they decided like maybe we will uh, actually say you do have to pay and we'll make people pay back the years they decided not to upgrade. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Here's and your like, invoice for past years. Yeah, and like over. crazy stuff like that. I don't I know if that over. happened or not. Yeah, I thought they did what a if thing. they were talking about it. I thought they did a thing one time where they're like, hey, do you know somebody who's illegally using SolidWorks? We'll pay you or something. For yeah. Oh, I could have sworn SolidWorks was felt like, what's the name of the company? Like Desant or Desault? Desault, yeah. Yeah, I could have sworn they were running a campaign like that. Like, get a credit or we'll pay you for it. And I'm like, come be a narc. We'll pay you to be a narc. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's, it's your user crazy. base against each other. 
that's that's yeah. that's a good idea. Excellent marketing. Yeah. Yep. Good times. Yeah, my all right. My um my my brother uh applications engineer has been lightly pushing NX on me. Oh boy. Because I'm you know, I'm telling him like, yeah, I have this like two hundred megabyte program for just surfacing. Yeah. And he's like, Oi, idiot, get NX, you're gonna like it more. It'll do he's better. Probably- yeah, but like, is he is he in the know about surfacing? He's probably like, man, this guy needs arc filtering. Fusion doesn't have arc filtering. Like, that's not the problem here. No, uh, no. You know well, I mean? he he actually is in the know. Um, so this is probably the most skilled brother applications engineer in the states. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> and uh, he specializes in, I mean, everything brother. But uh, he helped me out a bunch with all of the high accuracy mode stuff in the brother and he has a really good understanding of all that yeah um so eh but yeah i would i would definitely say just from the price point nx is uh-huh. probably better at at oh yeah taking out good tool paths but right even still so, yeah i i think uh there's definitely better cad options in more expensive uh software and i bet i bet certainly a lot of them are more stable too um if i if i had a bigger company i think the price isn't even as big an issue i definitely would want cam built in though i don't want to go back to software that's separate from cam and you have to save no. it as a file and then move it into the cam software and no yeah. yeah i i do not miss the days of separate cad cam suites yeah that just seems crazy to me now i, I it seems like it'd be s- such a downgrade right but you know there's lots of stuff for solidworks you can also pay for um but yeah everything gets crazy expensive too though Uh uh-huh yep i mean fusion is definitely i think the best middle ground right now like paying a few thousand dollars and then a thousand dollars a year or whatever for solidworks if you're real business doesn't sound that bad but then if you're also adding like 30 grand for master cam or something it's like uh, you know i don't know i've heard like all sorts of crazy how how like if you get every option now crazy master cam can get or something yeah right yeah hmm. i don't know it's it's crazy out there it's crazy out there <laughs> yeah so how are things on the haws david is there anything new and exciting uh very good i don't want to be too repetitive to the listeners, but yeah, uh, I was I was afraid if you guys already went over that or not. So, but you know, it's uh, you were very helpful with the uh, understanding the probe stuff and cool. getting it fixed, and my friend helped me as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I said it earlier. So, so like I said that maybe some of those tools were still a little oversized, that it wasn't all error, but yes. most of the tools I did measure after the fact, after fixing it were what you'd expect where they're a little under nice um, cool especially the smaller ones awesome. um uh so yeah er- everything works but i was also telling him that uh you know it, it does it does seem accurate it does seem good but because of deflection and stuff you know you still tend to have to adjust things um it depends on the feature there was some stuff i was milling with uh like i was milling slots for pit bulls with a quarter inch end mill uh-huh. And I just left it at what the probe set. And uh, I was just like, damn, like I got like a half inch gauge block and it was just like a perfect fit. You yeah. know, 
And it was like, that's amazing. But then lots of other tests I ran where it's like bores and stuff. It was like, uh, okay, you know, I gotta, Uh I I still gotta do the usual, you know, add a spring pass and then maybe take another few tenths off of the wear. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you'll almost never get perfect parts. Just first go. There's always tweaking and setup to do. Yeah. And I, I, I expected that. I didn't expect the machine to be magic. Um, all I was saying is, um, I don't even know for sure if I will waste the time measuring diameter of tools because I know I'll just adjust them, you know, and, or, or for some features it's like, well, within tolerance, you know, right. Like if it's, if it's plus or minus two thou on the outside contour of a handle, let's say that's my tolerance. Like, you know, it'll, it'll hit that without any wear at all. And then the yeah, more precision th- stuff I'm going to have to dial in. Yep. I think um, while you can never 100% rely on just measuring a tool diameter on your tool setter and, and getting perfect results, I do think that it could be worth your time right now to spend you know some time on dialing that in properly to get you closer on you know on future stuff that'll that'll save you tweaking time in the future on like production runs and whatnot. So I don't know if you were here, but uh, I was talking about how you can change a setting on the Haas so that instead of giving you the number of a quarter inch end mill is like 249, uh-huh. instead it just gives you the difference. So you're like, yeah, I'm measuring there. a quarter inch end mill. Yeah. And it, and it just gives you the wear. Yeah. Um, uh, I did think like, I wonder if I can just kind of figure out what generally I actually need to be if I'm including deflection in a spring plat pass. And then, uh, you know, just have it subtract. Like, like I, I would need to learn how to program the macro, not just change a setting. But uh, okay. it'd be interesting if you could do that to uh, just say, you measure this difference, but actually change it a little bit more than that because I know it's still gonna deflect a little. Oh, um, I don't know about the about the tool setting side, but in Fusion for the spindle probing stuff, you can. There's an option to probe a feature. And then tell it what tool path did that thing, and then update tool wear on that tool. And then there's also a compensation percentage amount. That's uh, yeah, I could do I could do in process inspection too. Yeah, um, and and that's what I'm doing partially because my brother uh, does radial comp, so I had to set the the compensation amount to fifty percent by default. Right, right now though, it's so consistent where I. Uh, that the critical probe I, or critical feature I care about the lobed holes in mm-hmm. my handles, I uh, you know I get the number right with the wear, and I put in a two two five two 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 five gauge pin. Okay. And it's a nice perfect fit, and a two two three zero gauge pin won't go. So half a tenth of difference or half a thou of difference. Yep. Um, and they just keep coming out that way. You know. Oh yeah, and and they'll continue to do that. And so, uh, you know, I don't think I'm uh, feeling like I need to be no. probing them all at right. this point. Yep. Nice. If I did oh, way yeah. bigger volume and, you know, I see, you know, when the, if I feel like the tool still has some life in it and I don't just want to replace it, then, you know, I'll get into yep. that. And and if I do more, more, uh, tough materials, you know, maybe right. Yeah. I mean, in aluminum, you basically don't need to track to a life, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so you've made handles on the Haas. 
Yeah, I've made probably like 32 or or 28 or something. Individual or sets? Individual. Oh, I was going to say, dang. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I I uh um I haven't like, you know, the the program's only like 20 minutes. That's another thing I haven't said is is the program's like 25 minutes and 10 minutes ish of that or a little more is uh just the crazy engraving. Uh-huh. Uh yep. Uh, so, you know, um, it was taking an over an hour to make four handles before now to make four handles. It's, it's, uh, it's like a third of that or a half of that. And I think it could go even faster. I've been slowly creeping things up, slowly creeping up, uh, how big of cuts I'm taking. And, um, uh, and I, you know, I could do bigger pallets and stuff, even less tool changes, all that. So, um, yeah, the machine is absolutely not the bottleneck, and and the speed is fantastic. But but the biggest time saving is not worrying about has my work coordinate system moved? Has you uh-huh. know yeah. this hole is going to be a different size than this hole, and you know right. how do I deal with that and all this yep. different stuff? Oh yeah, just reliability. And uh, you know, um, I did make a fresh pallet, and it's super nice. Nice, um, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, um, I gotta, I gotta like figure out some stuff with tumbling, I think, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a much better spot where I can just run a whole series of parts in a day and then just, you know, work on actually like figuring out assembly and blade stuff and, you nice. know, yep. stuff yeah, that's gonna... a little more, you know, like like the problems I was trying to solve were were solved problems. Like machining is a solved problem. Yes. You know, like other people have had this problem and figured it out. And getting a machine is part of that. Uh, what's less of a solved problem is is like the assembly stuff is unique to me. It and is. and uh, what helps also solve that is that the parts are more consistent now. Right. And what I did is uh, as a lot of those I made. Um, they're all like in half thou increments. I didn't actually make them all the same size. So I'm going to see now that oh. these lobes uh, or now that these holes should be actually more circular than the Tormach was giving me. Uh, does that change what number I want after anodizing? Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I'm predicting it probably is going to be the same. Um, maybe half a thou different, but uh, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Maybe I can actually go a lot tighter. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, speaking of blades, have are, have you ventured into blades at all on the Haas yet, or are you kind of just banking on the the blades you'll be getting soon and then going down that path? Do you know yet? Um, I want to do blades either way, but I'm uh, yes. um, I'm going out of town in a few days, so things so many things have been weird. Ah, yep, uh, yep. But I'm I'm gonna um, uh, I'm gonna make all the rest of the aluminum parts so. Spacers will be pretty much same same old thing in the easy, um, and uh, and then buttons. I'm I'm think I'm gonna try the slitting saw thing again in the Haas. Um, I dig it, but maybe I'll reconsider that at some point. I'll at least try it once. Yeah, um, and then uh, um, one thing though that slowed me down a little bit is, and, and I kind of just gave up on for now uh, after some is uh is filming okay Film, filming the machining so i was just uh 
and that and that's the you know experimenting with the different coolant systems and things right because um, it gets on the window and so uh i can kind of sort of get some good footage by just if i use uh the right coolant the right directions and things uh it it only it hits the coolant it hits the windows not a lot and only on the bottom and it works okay but then there's just some weird part of the program gets a big splash and you know yep, it's yep. too bad and so i've heard people use the like oil phobic ipad protectors uh-huh so i'm gonna give that a try obviously i could also put a, a gopro in the machine which is like what i did in my very first video yep. and i think that can look really bad um you know than using a nice dslr style or a mirrorless camera uh-huh. um so you know I'll, i gotta figure it out i'm trying to figure out the balance between actually using the machine um and uh uh making the videos yep, i didn't want to yep. have too many things in my head too many right. systems running at once and break things yeah uh, sure. but but i'm i i thought it would take me a lot longer to get comfortable you know, I was saying that it's I'm not used to the button presses and the operating system, but I'm I'm feeling pretty damn comfortable already. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. That's sweet, dude. Um. Cool. I'm trying to think. On the note of tumble, I think I finally sorted my tumble. Yeah. Because you hooked it up to your toilet. I did. So I I went down the Fellowship Blades route. And just said, screw it. And I wanted just fresh water in and then have it drain out. So it's just a constant supply of fresh water. Yeah, it's working really good, like really good, much brighter. Um, Funny enough, tumble takes longer now because it's not muddy, so it's less aggressive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's no slurry anymore. So it's it's significantly less aggressive, actually. Like like my, my tumble times might be close to double now. Mm-hmm. Wow, really? I didn't think yeah. Grant had that problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's something I noticed. Uh, today was the first like real day of 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 tumbling, and I noticed. Yeah, it's taken longer, but I don't really care because I don't have to worry. A, we don't have to spend thirty minutes every day cleaning silt or slip out of a bucket. Yeah, and and our tumble finishes are much brighter, but also much smoother feeling. They don't feel rough in your hands anymore. Yeah, I might have to talk to you more about that, but it means you're not using soap or anything, right? No soap. Um, just like Grant, I'm not concerned about any rust. I don't see it being a problem. Um, and with a continuous flow of water, the water coming out of the tumbler is borderline clean, so it's it's not a big deal to dispose of it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Beyond the rust, though, I thought these... Uh formulations help with cutting it lubricates similar to how coolant does um so from my understanding when i talked to my coolant specialist who also sells tumbling soap oh i think he said it was more so to protect the media from itself and add some lubricity to the quote-unquote cut but it i i think it's supposed to act as a barrier between the media itself so it doesn't wear itself down as fast interesting but when Hmm. you can't filter it properly and you're just running it in a soapy silty mud uh it 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 doesn't protect it at all it's worse (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's basically my problem is i uh i do a little tumbling and then the bucket sits for a little while and it gets absolutely disgusting yep i mean 
I so bought I, I just, media. Go for it. Sorry. Well, yeah, and so I just replace it, but I don't even I don't even have like a place to dump it. The last couple times I've just like thrown it in the dumpster. Uh-huh. Yep. So recently I I purchased new media pretty recently, like like two months, maybe three tops. And I bought big one inch stuff. And I bought 150 pounds of it. I'm confident I have I have just turned half of that, so 75 pounds just into dust, literally into dust in like two or yeah. three months. It is now the same size as my old five eighths tumbling media. You can't tell a difference. Mm. Um, right. Uh, so I, I bought more five eighths and I put it in a couple days ago and I've seen a lot less mud coming out of the tumbler. So I think just having fresh water, no silt. I think it's the play personally. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, uh, I think I can't remember what I was going to say. Hmm. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> right? What is, gosh dang it. You'll think of it after we end the podcast. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how it works. Uh-huh. Yep. Anything yeah, else going else. on? Uh, not for me. Anything else, John? Nope. Same old school yada yada yada. Great. Knives and stuff. Knives. Knives in school and losing your mind and my yep. mind and everyone's mind. This fusion thing, I'm literally trying to fix it. I open the document file, like the tool library for this thing. And uh-huh. it there's literally no tool library for it. Like it just oh. even like I tried a new design to see what uh-huh. the it's supposed to do when you hit, you know, tool library. It at uh-huh. least creates an untitled library for the document name this one doesn't even do anything like this tool library no longer exists and it's the entire titanium tombstone interesting i have all my tool libraries on the cloud but i also have them backed up locally so this is this is not the tool library that you would like pull a master from it's the document library oh the document oh do you utilize that it's just so like i'll pull from a master and then i'll Uh edit the tool numbers in the document library but Basically, it's not auto-populating what the all these setups have as tools. And even when, I, even when I create a new setup and like create a new tool, it doesn't bring the tool into that document library. It just doesn't work. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> well, that's so, awesome. Do, uh, do you know how to um, make your Haas use numbers larger than 31? Um. I'm going to say yes. I'm guessing it's a setting. But uh, No, you don't even need a setting, I don't think. Um, I think it's up to 200 by default, and I think that's as high as it can go anyway. Uh, just, you know, you go to, like, the page where it shows, like, the tool pockets, mm-hmm. and, and it tells you, like, what tool is in what pocket or whatever, yeah. and you just delete all the numbers and type in whatever numbers you want. Right. I think the... I think so. So I'm using my 0.150 drill is to a 150. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so, so I don't know. I just, uh, I, I don't think that'll fix your fusion problem, but it means you don't have to renumber tools, which is so I don't, I don't ever renumber tools. Yeah. Will it, will it have you do a manual tool change if, uh, if it calls up a tool that isn't currently in the pockets on the machine? 
I've I've only had to do this once, like when I first got the machine. So I'm probably gonna re misremember how I did it, but it was something I figured out by myself without like having to look up, up stuff. I just I just like it just defaulted to currently you're at you know tool one pocket one. It's a brand new machine, yep. and yep. Uh, you know at first I just tried like ATC forward one fifty. And it doesn't work because it doesn't exist. And so then I just went to like pocket seven or something. And it's like, you know, it says it's it's tool seven or it says it's tool 20. And I just deleted 20 and put 150. And then I tried ATC forward, uh, you know, D150. And it, mm -hmm. it does it. Yep. And then, of course, the pockets get all, you know, jumbled up over time like usual. But, but that's okay. Yep. I don't care about that. It's just... All I care about is using the full 200 tools. Well, it 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 should be a random pocket uh, uh, tool carousel anyway. Yeah, the only way it's not is you can set it so that like if you have a really big tool, yes, you can you tell to it set to set to yeah. like three three pockets so that two of them can uh -huh. stay empty for the big tool. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it work. It, it's just it's weird that it's connected to the pocket thing. Is is all I meant by bringing up the randomness. Um, but that's how I figured out how to do it. Okay. I mean, that is nice. Cause you can, you, you can have an offline tool library set up for the machine with, with tool offsets in the control and then just throw them in for certain programs. That That's exactly it. I'm just gonna, um, you know, have all these tools set up and, uh, they'll just always be the same tool number forever. Even if I have to take all the tools out of the machine and load up an entirely different set of tools. Yep. Forever. Do yeah. you use, uh, tool numbers that is based on the, the ATC of your machines or, or do you have like numbers set for different tools? You asking me or John? I, I'm asking you, Dalen. Okay. So for me, because well, I started on a robo drill style machine or brother style machine with the, uh, with the weird, the weird tool carousel ring thing. Um, so pocket one is tool one, pocket two is tool two, etc. Um, you can't really, well, you, you can technically exceed it by just lying to the con to the machine, but you don't really have any added too many added benefits of that. So I I just make a standard tool library for one through however many tool holders I have, and then I just I program off that as best I can. Yeah, I like just always being able to say T twenty six is a quarter inch end mill for aluminum. Uh -huh. Yep, and that's just always the way it is. I've modified things over time. And I'll probably have to change it again when I start like wanting duplicate tools or something, yep. you know, like backups. But uh, for me, I, I've used it, this system for basically since I had the Tormach because yep. I uh, I knew I could and I hated uh, having to remeasure the same tool and stuff at my previous job. Yep. Yeah, I know on the brother I can I can tell it that like pocket ten is whatever tool number I want, and I'm pretty sure I can do it on the on the on the mighty viper as well um but i yeah i just haven't because they're their product dedicated machines so i never really have to do that no no it, it, like i don't really have to well i don't know it's weird because like it would get even more confusing if i was a job shop because i could be using hundreds and hundreds of tools because everything needs some weird thing or a different length or you uh -huh. know all sorts of stuff where it's like, I'll just make it to a one who cares, you know? Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I think, uh, I think like the more you can 
make things dumb where there's less stuff that can be fat fingered and typoed and stuff, you know, the better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm super glad that I've been able to mess with these things with the host to, right. Uh, get it the way I, I like to make it work. Yep. Yeah. I'd love to, I mean, a, some kind of palette automation system, but B have that system also be able to change out tools on the machine. That'd be super nice. So I could have redundancy tools and backup tools. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you, you're just, uh, setting it to, uh, you know, one to 31 or whatever, John. So, um, basically like in fusion, I got the tool library that says like VF2. And that's like a cloud library, if you will. And it's got like one through a hundred tools now at this point, I think. And those tools okay. are set up in holders and they're married to those holders. So like, and then I have like the yellow tool tags. Yep. So if I create like a new titanium handle cutting program, right? Well, I need to go grab, say tool 38. It's tagged in real life as tool 38. Yes. And in that cloud library, it is tool 38. So what I'll do is I'll pull it into the document and that, you know, that's tool 38 in the document. Well, when I go to post it, I'm going to go put that tool as like tool 12 or whatever in the machine. And Fusion needs to know what tool it is. And so I'll just edit the tool in Fusion and change it to tool 12, essentially. So that's how okay. I do that. So, but the tool name is still named like the actual full name is there. It says like tool 38. So I know that even though that's tool 38 in real life, fusion and where it is in the Haas have to match essentially. Yep, that makes sense. If that makes sense. Yeah. There might be a kind of automated way to do that, I think. And maybe that's why your whole thing broke <laughs> or hopefully not. Maybe, um, maybe, I don't know, but like, I think there's a thing where it's like, uh, either with what post you use or just a fusion thing where it's just like reorder the re reorder the tools just based on just number them based on the order that they're used in the program basically. And then it posts you like a list so that, you know, you could load up the machine and look at the program at the top and be like, okay, tool one is this, and I'm going to load it up, measure it next tool. Okay. Tool two is this, you know? Yep. So, so I do, I do that. So basically if you have five tools, and, you know, let's just say two tools. One tool is that tool 38. So the tag says literally tool 38. Well, it goes onto a tool, like a tag holder on the machine. And yeah. that tag holder represents every tool number, essentially. So the tool tag thing has got one through 30. I'm putting tool 38 in tool five's slot, if you will that tool five slot needs to be what fusion is posting out. So it's going to say tool five is a quarter inch end mill or whatever. Right. And I look at the tool list that's on the machine, like at the control. And then I look at this tool, the, the tag holder, if you will. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. In slot five, there's tool 38. And that's how I do that. Okay. But, yeah. And the issue gets to like, it would be super cool if I had 150 tool, slots literally because then you wouldn't need to do that because they right. can have their own things the issue is like i have now two sets of tools one for titanium and one for steel and i don't have enough tool pockets essentially so they have to be done that way it's how jay pearson was doing 
they're those it's his yeah he has like, the tags yeah so that's yep, what yep. that's how that system works but i wish there was a better way but it this works pretty good for now okay I guess. yeah i guess i mean the way i set everything up is i don't have any floating tool holders that aren't in the machines yeah whatever's gonna like it's not the best system because it does limit me sometimes but uh I will I will program in a more inefficiently on occasion if it means I can use a tool that exists in the in the machine already. Yeah, I like having the tool holders with the tags married and then the tool definition infusion is legitimate so that I don't second guess if something will hit or not. It's right, which is nice, nice. in that way, but even still n- no system is perfect whatsoever. Right. Yeah. If I Except- uh do you know like if I just by hand, just press the button, release a tool, take out tool five or whatever from the hoss, and then mm-hmm. put in some tool. Um, what's the best way to just like tell the machine I did that? Like G forty three H tool twenty or, or whatever. Or like you know, is there like a, just a thing to just tell it? Hey, I I manually swapped out this tool. Why do why does it need to know you swap the tool out as a as a dumb question? You know what um, I mean? like, what's the purpose of the machine knowing? Well, um, you know, I'm going to touch that tool off or something with a. So, it, what, with so a, you're tr- you're trying to prevent you forgetting to touch it off, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I, I, I feel like this is a thing I used to do when I ran Haas machines and I, or I don't know. And I, uh, on, the Tormach, different- on the Tormach, there's kind of a button where you just like, you tell it because you can run a Tormach without a tool changer, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a button where you just type in the tool number and then hit the button. And it, it does like, it does G43. I don't know if it does anything else. Um, I guess it 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 also tells it that it doesn't need to do a tool change if you run a program, and uh, that's the first tool. And uh, you know, it it like it, it doesn't it can't tell that you swapped it. So it you know it normally say hey put the, put in this tool, but because uh, you press the button, it knows oh I already have this tool. Are you saying if you swapped like tool numbers? No, I'm just saying, like, by hand, I just, like, you know, the whole machine's full of tools, but just real quick. I mean, that's that's another case. Let's say you have a program. Uh, there There is a way to do this, I think. Uh, what I'm about to say is, is if you have a program, let's say you have a program that some reason requires 50 tools, but the tool, the, the machine can only have 31. Uh, there's a way to, uh, the machine will be, like, manually insert this tool okay, now manually insert this tool because, you know, it'll use as many as it can, but then, you know, it'll oh. let you by hand swap it in. I mean, there may be some parameter somewhere that'll change it to like a tool room mill without a tool changer and then have you do it. I don't know, honestly. There well, there definitely is a setting like that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it It's not really that big a deal and, and I yep. do know the G43 thing. Um, well, G43 is just calling up the tool length offset, I believe. Yeah, and so so that's where, um, you know, let's say you just wanted to, like, uh, just do some kind of test or something. You just want to, like, hand jog a tool around. You're not actually cutting, or, or maybe you're just doing a light cut, and you're just using the jog wheel. 
Oh, um, don't don't tell it anything. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. We're getting off from my example. I was just trying to think about. Right now, my system works great. I can use any number I want, and it's uh, uh, absolutely fine. But then if I eventually keep adding tools, I'm going to get over 31, and I am going to have to swap them. And so... You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do that in a production setting, though, would you? Well, not, no, 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 not within a program. Not, I'm not talking about that thing anymore. Oh, okay. I'm just saying I... I uh, you know, let's say I, I can make every part of the scissors except the pins with 31 tools, but then it's like, oh, right. I ran out of pins that I had someone else make for me. Crap. Yeah. Now I'm going to need another eight tools and they can't fit in the machine. I'm going to take out eight tools and then put in my eight tools, right? But uh, I don't know. I I have to then do the weird thing with the pockets, I guess, that I already kind of forgot how to do that. I was yeah, saying I, that, I did when I first uh, got the machine or there. Yeah. I mean, there's that. Um, and if you can do that, I'm, I'm sure they're controlled via variables. So I'm sure you could go figure out which, which variable number controls that. And then you can make a macro that would just do that it, for you. It, it just feels kind of weird, but I think what you basically do is you go to this pocket page. It says like, Currently, yeah. uh, currently pocket 15 is lined up with tool seven yep. and you say, no, it's not pocket 15 is now lined up with tool seven, you know? Yeah. Or wait, that's what I said, but whatever it's, it's lined yeah. up with tool 148. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's you, end you the podcast. I promise things are working great and this is all. Yes. I'm not a crazy person. These are no, no, things you it. can do. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, everything's controlled via variables on these machines. So you'd have to hunt down what, what variable controls what tool numbers in what pocket. But you could always make a macro that'll that'll change it for you. And you just change a variable or something. That way you don't have to go into the pocket screen every time. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, it's all the same. Or there's, or there's some some much better... Haas operator out there who's screaming at all of us going it's 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 m274 you idiots yeah something yep yeah i um because like obviously if you tell it to do like t13 atc forward it knows okay now tool 13 is in the spindle because uh we just did that like it like it needs to know what tool is in the spindle uh -huh. And I thought there's a way to tell it there's this tool in the spindle uh, without doing a tool change, you know, just for for whatever reason you might need to do. Oh, well, I mean, at that case, I. Uh, eh, no, I mean, technically, yes, you if you knew the length offset of it, you could you could you could call up length offset of some arbitrary tool number Yeah, and, and diameter offset. But it's still um, not going to jive with the actual tool number that the machine thinks is in there. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I've I've I I have done things like that before. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I haven't crashed the machine at all. So that that's is good. good. I, I have good. made a mistake, which is my engravings were slightly off center because I uh, have this terrible 
uh, cough, cough, uh, Midwest aluminum, uh, aluminum that, uh, is cu cut completely wrong. And I decided to, in the Haas, just make it what it was supposed to be. And uh -huh. previously in the Tormark, that is not what I was going to do. And that's not what I was doing. But since I made a new palette, it's like, let's just make everything right and find a better source in the future. Uh, and so everything got shifted over a little and I thought I fixed it, but I, uh, I, I had to change not only the physical model, but then the patterning when you pattern a machine pattern, you know, in cam. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I forgot. So some of those uh, test handles of different sizes have off center hexagons. Ah, that doesn't uh, but sound that, like a big deal. Yeah, that's the only mistake I've made so far. Oh, you're gonna make a thousand more, so don't even worry about that one. Oh, I know, I know. I'm I I probably shouldn't get too comfortable, but uh <laughs> it's been a great couple weeks. Yes, I'm I'm stoked that you have it finally. I'm definitely looking forward to getting out there. Yeah, we gotta cool. figure that out. Yep. Well All should right. we should we call Thanks it before we keep rambling? Yep. <laughs> okay, good night. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs>